Welcome back into the great Scott show, the great sports callers, open think tank. I'm Scott Prather and joining me now, my friend, hadn't talked to him in a couple months. He's hard at work on the beat covering the New Orleans Saints. Luke Johnson of NOLA.com, the Times Picune slash advocate. Luke, good morning, my friend. How are you? Uh, good morning, man. I'm, I'm just uh, surprised I haven't had to deal with any breaking news before coming on your show. Today. Yeah, I, I, I'm always hesitant to let everyone know you're coming on because I'm like, look, you know, Michael Thomas may uh, may quote tweet something or or like something on social media, and Luke will be off and running. You know, it's it's I, I'm not going to make a joke about it because there is a lot to be told in terms of social media and the, the the story that athletes sometimes attempt to tell or literally tell. But it's not like you're exactly an old guy, Luke, but I'm sure at LSU in journalism school or perhaps whenever you were serving as a Marine and had aspirations to be a sports writer, you weren't thinking, man, there are going to be some early mornings where I'm I'm trying to dig into a lengthy piece about like, you know, a little um, – a little quote on on Twitter, but in 2021, that's like you're you're almost expecting it. You're like just searching for it. Is this going to happen? Yeah, and I actually got lucky. Mike actually blocked me on Twitter, uh, so <laughs> I have no idea how I even like came across that uh, that tweet. It was like like somebody quote tweeted it, and uh, and I just stumbled upon it when I was like, waking up early. Um, yeah, kind of a crazy world we live in, right? He 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 blocked you, did he? Yeah, he um. Mike's an interesting guy, you know. I've I've talked about him for years. Uh, I've I've used the word like insecure. Um, I've likened him to kind of Christian Bale at times, and that you know the things that make Christian Bale great as an actor are also the things that sometimes will get him in trouble on set or make him maybe not the most likable guy because his drive is just to this extreme and whatever's going on in his head, like I can't understand it. And those are like kind of kind of how I felt about Michael Thomas. Now, the difference is, you know, an injury prevents you from performing. But anyway, enough about my ridiculous metaphors. What, what like, where are you at in this? I know it's a very general opening question, but where are you at in this Michael Thomas situation with the Saints as it stands today and, and kind of moving forward where they go from here? Yeah, well, I think, first of all, I kind of agree with your point. Um, and I think it's actually a pretty good metaphor. Um yeah, I think Mike rubs a lot of people the wrong way uh, just because of how uh, intense he is and how driven he is. Um, and I, I think that works that works really well when, when things are going great and when they aren't. Um, yeah, I think it can open up a, a can of worms. I think that's kind of in the situation they're in right now. With that being said, like I, I, I think that everybody involved in this is like just a highly competitive very passionate person. Um, and I, I don't think that, um, I don't think that all of that, all of their disagreements right now, of which they're substantial, I, I don't think they're, they're too much, uh, to, to overcome. I, I think all these people can let bygones be bygones and go back to go back to, you know, being a, a really nice partnership. Yeah, I, I mean, look, Mike Thomas has been here for essentially four and a half years and he's, he's like, 30 catches away from me, number two on the Saints all-time receptions list. Like he's a great player. Um, and he's a, a player that has, uh, I think earned, uh, earned some level of, 
of, of being able to kind of take care of business. And I think that's what they try to let him do this off season. And then it just say things got off the rails, but I, um, I, I just, I don't think this is like uh this is an irreparable situation. Um, just, uh, just knowing the the people involved. Um, yeah, I think everybody involved can get hot headed, and uh, I think they also will let they can let cooler heads prevail. So I, I don't think it's like a situation where we're we're absolutely going to see like you know Mike Thomas traded. Um, but I do think it's something they have to iron out and and they have to figure it out. Now that it's out in public, like they really have to get it done. So it, it was interesting. Kind like of my, my read on the situation. Yeah, he didn't he didn't like do anything on social media for months, and then he gets back on to try to say things publicly and help, you know, have everyone sort of put these puzzle pieces together. I mean, at some point, I think, at least from my vantage point, it, it appears there was probably a disagreement based on how to handle an injury. I'm not just talking about necessarily this past summer and and, and the article Jeff Duncan wrote, but um, but perhaps during the season and, and based on the things he's liking and whatnot. I just – I think when it's a star player and they have a big platform – Based on um, people like me, based on people on you know the national scene and the talking heads, when it's a star player, you you automatically go to the trade discussions because I think it's it's fun and it generates content. Um, you know, Aaron Rodgers, right? The whole off season and his future and whatnot, and and this sort of fork in the road, and now he's a camp, right? Um, and there was a slight change. You know, you don't view this Michael Thomas situation as a fork in the road more just kind of and they got a little rocky path but it's it's not something they can't just get over and I feel like at some point Luke he'll come back after the injury he'll be asked about it Peyton will be asked about it it'll be a lot of you know we're just we're just moving on we're ready to compete blah 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 and then Thomas may you know put some cryptic tweet out there and then everyone will flip out again and then we'll kind of rinse and repeat so I I don't think he's going anywhere this year but you do you feel like Thomas is is on the Saints long term? Like perhaps a year from now, is he still on the Saints? Uh, yeah, I think that's a much better question. Um, and before I, I get into that, I, I just want I just want to make sure that you just save that entire clip, that entire little monologue that you just had, and, and play it back in in four months, so you can just like I see will. how spot on correct you were. <laughs> I will. Um, I'm going to okay. save it. <laughs> but. Um, yeah, I think whether Mike Thomas is on this team long term is is a really really good question, um, and you know I think a lot of that a lot of that depends on how this year plays out. Um, this is absolutely a, a bit of a, a crossroads year for the Saints, right? I, I mean they could they could go and and show everybody they're the same team they were with without Drew Brees, and you know uh, some of these these young guys who are unproven could. Uh, show that the Saints front office really knows what they're doing and they you know, they let the, the veterans go and, and these uh, these young guys are, are just as good because they're very good talent scouts and, and you know the Saints maintain that uh, that sort of roster where they're competing for Super Bowls um, you know or it could just go the complete other way and you know we could realize that uh, Drew Brees even diminished physically meant a whole lot more to this team uh, than, than we probably gave him credit for um, and I think if it goes that way um, you know, I think you could see them uh, move on from a player like Mike Thomas, um, and uh, you know, use him as a as an asset to uh, to try to 
get your team back to where it needs to be with with younger, cheaper players and, and ones that aren't, aren't going to be so uh, mercurial if things are are not going the way you want them to. So I, I really do think that a lot of uh, of his future here depends on on what happens in 2020 and, and beyond. Um, because I, yeah, I think if uh, if attitude is going to be a, a concern. Um, if that's happening on a, on a losing team, I think it's it's just that the whole thing is a is is just a bad fit. Um, so I, I I don't know. I, you know the 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 very short answer is uh, is I have no idea. Yeah. Uh, but I, I think um, I think it becomes a lot more interesting question if they're if they're not a competitive football team or at least uh, to the level they have been in yeah. recent years. I think maybe the answer becomes more clear once we get deeper into the season. Um, Luke Johnson, our guest, at by Luke Johnson on Twitter. If you're not already following him, go give him a follow right now. Read all of his stuff over there at uh, NOLA.com, Times Picayune, New Orleans Advocate. You know, I, I need to apologize to uh, my listeners because I, I actually promised them that I was going to lead off with a different question when I was talking to you because I've been accused of being a bit too pessimistic and um, my outlook for the 2021 Saints is not very high. I just feel like I'm being a realist, but it's it's been anything but a, a, a an ideal off season, uh, and it, to this point, training camp for that matter. But I I, I lied. I said I was going to lead off with trying to do something positive. So let me get to that question now, Luke. What is you've been out? You've been covering camp. What is the most positive takeaway? Give us a good, strong, positive thus far from Saints camp that the fans of the team can get excited about. Okay, uh, I was really, really worried coming in about the uh, the interior of the defensive line. Uh, they let two really good players go in Sheldon Rankins and Malcolm Brown. Uh, David Onyemata is uh, probably the second best player they have in the defensive line, period. And uh, he's going to be out for the first six games. Uh, so it's just, yeah, it's, I was wondering, I was like, man, that, that's been a strength of this team in recent years, and I, I don't know what they have right now. Um, I, I think they're actually really set there. Um, yeah, they've they have this knack for finding um, for finding these these young unheralded guys, and then Ryan Nielsen just gets absolutely the most out of them. Uh, Jalen Dalton looks really good. Um, Christian Ringo, uh, everybody out there should know who that is. Yep. Um, he's he's looking like he's you know, 2014 at UL right now. Um, he looks really good, and I mean they've been running him in there with the first team and. Uh, you know, Ryan Nielsen was was saying the other day, like, hey, you know, don't pay atten- too much attention to first team, second team, third team. We're just rotating guys in. We're making sure they're getting looks against other people, and and you know, we're we're uh, it, it's all a rotation. But uh, when you see Christian Ringo in the rotation next to next to Onyemata and uh, and Cam Jordan and Marcus Davenport, I think you have a pretty good sense that he's probably going to make this team um, and play a significant role. And I I, th- I love that for Christian Ringo. Um, you know, everybody out there remembers how uh, how great he was his uh, his senior season. He's you know good guy. Um, you know, he's, he's paid his dues in the NFL. I think he's you know, he's been in for six years now, and mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't know if he's ever played a full season on an active roster. And to see him uh, really shine out this camp, get an opportunity to do so, it's been really nice. Um, so the interior defensive line, I think, um, I think it's going to be a lot better than than I thought it was going to be, and maybe that other people thought it was going to be. I think that's. Um, that's a really important because um, those guys played a, a big role in uh, in the the Saints' run defense. That's kind of been the key to their defense the last couple of years. I, I think they're going to be good again. Um, 
I think Marquez Galloway is, is just kind of blowing me away this camp. And it's not just that he's out there and he's making plays and, and whatnot. Um, the guy's demeanor is just absolutely what you want to see out of it. Like he's, he is the clear number one wide out out there right now. And, uh, and I, I know there's no Mike Thomas and, and, and you to even take Traquan Smith out of there. It's like, well, of course he's the number one. Um, but I, you know, <laughs> you'd have to go back to, to the 2020 training camp and, uh, and tell yourself like, Hey, a year from now, you're going to be saying, well, of course, Mark West Calloway is the number one wide receiver on this team. It's just a, it's a dramatic transformation for him. Uh, his confidence is through the roof and you're seeing it play out and, and him going one-on-one against, uh, against Marshawn Lattimore and beating him. Um, yeah, I know people are probably going to say that, that Lattimore has this thing where he, he's, uh, you know, kind of struggles against the, the non Mike or Mike Evans's and Mike Thomas's and Julia Jones of the world. But, uh, Lattimore has been really locked in in this camp. And the only guy, the only guy who's beaten them for anything is Mark West Calloway. I think that's exciting. That's awesome. So uh, they've got they've got some guys on this team um, who I think are going to exceed expectations. I, I just I'm just not sure um, if they've got the you know, if they're the, the the sum of the parts that they were the last couple of years. You know, I think their depth is going to be an, an issue for them this year. ESPN fourteen twenty. Speaking of depth, let's let's look at corner and Lattimore for a minute. And you're right, Lattimore is the guy that. You know, you went to school with that never studied for like the the daily quizzes that don't count for as much. But when it's like a final or like a, a term paper, he's like acing it, like he's all in. Um, and to hear that he's kind of, you know, it's training camp, it's more your daily quizzes, and he appears to be studying for him. I mean, this is a guy that I think a lot of us, Luke, are anticipating at some point likely having to serve a suspension for the NFL, but with the case in Cleveland just kind of not going to court currently, there's it's hard to really know a timeline, and so you're just you're anticipating him missing time at some point, and yet they're practicing moving forward not knowing, just hoping that he'll be available week one. You got Lattimore. After that, you know, rumors of Saints in the market wanting to get another corner clearly – number two corner and, and everything after Lattimore, um, it, it kind of just feels like, okay, they're go- it's going to be an incumbent guy, whoever gets that. It's not, I mean, a big drop-off to Doris Jenkins. I guess that's what I'm trying to say. Um, and no disrespect to CJGJ, but he's used more in the mold of Saints like to run a lot of four two five, and he's kind of all over the place. He's not like your, your typical cover guy and – and uh, and we can get some more on Gardner Johnson in a moment, but how do you feel right now about cornerback after Lattimore? And do you like me feel like it's it's a big concern for this team right now? Yeah, I really don't feel great about it at all. <laughs> um, I, I think uh, I think Patrick Robinson and and Ken Crawley, who've been kind of like taking in as number one, you know, they're starting outside corner opposite Marshawn Lattimore, have made some plays. Um, yeah, they've they've been fine, uh, but uh, I, I don't want to I don't want to rely on those two um, if I'm going into the regular season, I, I, especially when you start thinking about the yeah, Marshawn Lattimore's missed at least like two games with injury in every year of his career, right? Like it's like you can almost bank on it, like you, you know he's going to have a hamstring or an ankle or something like that. Um, I, like I don't, I don't want to go into it where my best case scenario is I'm, I'm starting a guy who probably should be the third or fourth best corner on a team, um, and um, 
we're, we're talking also about Patrick Robinson, who's who's missed significant time in each of the last three seasons since he's re-signed with the Saints. Um, your Ken Crawley was almost out of the NFL recently. Um, I, I just, uh, I, I, I'm really, <laughs> if this is the lineup that goes out there in week one against Green Bay, I'm, I'm, I'm not mm. confident in it at all. Um, they got to make some sort of move. I think they will. Um, I, I think the Saints probably feel the exact same way I do right now about their uh, their cornerback depth. It's, it's why they went out and yeah, they signed like four corners this offseason, just kind of hoping one of them will click. Um, and I don't think any of them really have. So, um, yeah, the expectation from my end is that at some point they're going to make a move for uh, for – you know, either somebody uh, more high profile like CJ Henderson, if he's truly available, um, it'd probably take a little bit more than some people are willing to admit it'll, it'll give up or they go, you know, find a, a veteran who's kind of pushed out somewhere and he's going to give him a better look than, than Patch Robinson or, or Ken Crawley. But uh, I, I mean, that's, that's, high level main level concern for me right now. And I think it's probably the same for the saints. Yeah. It's uh it's Sean Payton's not, mincing words when he's asked about that particular position and whether you sign a guy that used to be good like Prince Amukamura or you know former starters that at least when it comes to the Saints fan base were pretty maligned and a Robinson or a Ken Crawley it just it, it kind of tells you what you need to know and then not knowing at what point you're not going to have Lattimore it makes for a makes for a rough situation um they don't have that young guy stepping up the way they do on the other side of the ball at receiver, like you were mentioning with Mark West Callaway, where, yeah, you've got you know your best guy out. You're you're a lot more thin at this position heading into this season than you were last season. But here's this young guy stepping up in a really big way on the defensive side of the ball again, Luke. Hey, but before before we we get to that, I, I do want to say that Paul Smedibo has had has had some okay. really nice moments in camp. It's the third round pick. I just. Uh, it's really, really hard for me to say, and I think it's probably the same for the Saints right now. It's it's hard for me to say whether he's really going to be ready. Yeah, you know, obviously he missed all of last year because he opted out, and uh, and I think he's he's really shined when they're doing these one on ones. Um, but it's it's a matter of of putting it, like being where he needs to be in the coverage, and then that, you know, doing it against against starting caliber NFL wide receivers. And that's part of the the issue right now is like when you're looking at the secondary and the receiver core going up against each other. I mean, both of those units are probably probably the weakest spots in the Saints roster. So when one guy shines, it's like, okay, but is he doing it against a guy who's like a really like an NFL caliber player? We just don't know yet. And I, I think the preseason is going to show with people like Adebo or like Jalen McCluskey, for example, the two-lane wide receiver, who I think has had a really nice camp. I think it's going to show whether this these camp practices have been like fool's gold. ESPN1420.com, and if that doesn't, Luke, then certainly week one will when you face off against one Aaron Rodgers. Um, Yeah, I mean, you mentioned mentioned preseason coming up. Uh, They're taking on Baltimore this Saturday. Um, Before I ask you about that a little bit, a few more things on the roster. C.J. Gardner-Johnson, you guys uh, had media availability with him yesterday. Um, Again, you know, not talking about him as much when we were talking about corners because he's more of your hybrid, um, and you know he's 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 got a target on his back because that's the way he wants it. Um, he's got a PhD in the art of trash talk, apparently. But what 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 stood out to you yesterday? I mean, you were there. You you get to talk to him. I know that 
has been rare over the half because so much of the things are all via Zoom and whatnot. But what what stood out to you about this guy's personality? Uh, I, I mean, I, I don't know. I laughed like six times during the press conference. Um, you know, I, I, I think he's uh, oddly enough, I, I think he's I think he's actually matured a lot over the last <laughs> last year or so, and, and like it's he's he's more confident and less brash if that makes sense okay uh the, the way he he was uh he was putting things yesterday he's like he's like look man if you want to go into your shell i'm just going to keep pecking at your shell like that's that's on you it's not on me i was like yeah that's actually a really good way of putting it and, and he had just a, a lot of really just great one-liners right there and the best thing about him the absolute best thing about him is that he absolutely backs up everything he says um and, uh, yeah, I think the Saints really found a, a great player uh, to fit into their defense there with him. Um, and he's another one where yeah, I think you've got you've to, like, walk this line with him, you know. And, and, and I think Sean Payton is really good at, at, managing, um, at managing people in that way and managing people's personalities and being like, okay, like, you know, you are the type of person who's gonna who's gonna toe the line and, and maybe step on the other side just to see what it looks like. But we need you to make sure you don't have both feet over it. You know, um, I think he's Peyton knows how to keep that kind of in line, and uh, and I think it brings the best out of out of Gardner Johnson. Um, and you know, it's funny you see him out there in, in these in these like. Uh, these one-on-one settings, which are just hugely disadvantageous to the defensive backs, you know, it's it's uh, they have no help. Um, you know, wide receivers the only one who knows where they're going, and unless they're just Deion Sanders, a lot of them are out there getting um, getting beat. You know, and CJ's included in that number, uh, but you never ever ever see him like lose his confidence and stop talking to people. Um, and I think that's just exactly what makes him who he is. Um, he's like the perfect defensive back. Like you need that mentality to play that position in this league. ESPN 1420, Luke Johnson of NOLA.com, our guest. I'm Scott Prather. Mentioning Christian Ringo earlier, great to hear that he is standing out. And um, I remember, you know, a lot of your stories back when you were on the beat covering the Cajuns about Chris. And he is a great guy. Uh, uh, another Rage of Cajun alum is in camp, and Deuce Wallace. He's a Lafayette native and – I feel like Deuce, his his path to the roster is on special teams, but did read that he got a, a pick the other day in practice. Um, how is, has 36 stood out to you at all, or is he kind of one of, of many numbers out there right now? I think it's probably a little bit of both. Yesterday he had a really, really good day. Uh, he picked off Ian Book. Um, uh, you know, he, had a, he had a PBU, I think it was on Taysom Hill, and then he also uh, – he also like contributed to just like burying somebody on punt. I, like he was, he was one of the protectors uh, or one of the guys who was blocking the gunners. And I think he just drove somebody into the dirt, which was, you know, had the whole team fired up. So like he was yesterday was definitely his day. Awesome. Um, I think he's, I think he's going to have a very, very hard time making the roster. Um, we'll see what he does on special teams. I think that's absolutely the only way, um, the only way he makes it on right now. Um, but it is really great. Uh, yeah, like I know his story. I think I covered a couple couple of his games when he was in high school. Um, <laughs> yeah, that guy, seeing a guy be a walk on at, at UL and and go out here and and have 
a bunch of people writing down his name for uh, for a standout performance at a New Orleans Saints training camp practice is pretty awesome. Um, and you know, if if he goes out there in special teams and and has a huge day on Saturday, I think that that makes uh, that makes a really compelling case for him. Uh, but I, that's absolutely his path on the roster right now. No doubt. As far as Will Lutz goes, I mean, I I don't really know how much we can break it down. If you have something to add, I mean, I, I don't want to glaze over it like it didn't happen, but he's going to miss some time with that groin injury, insinuating likely surgeries coming. Um, they they sign another kicker. I just felt like, look, this is just the latest blow in a a Saints, you know. I'm not. It's not an off season anymore. But when you combine the off season and training camp, it's just it's kind of the latest snake bite. Is how I'm looking at it. I, I, do you have anything to add to the whole situation in regards to Will Lutz? No, no. I mean, it's it's pretty pretty cut and dry. You know, um, he started the started training camp on the NFI list. Came back for like two days, uh, and it wasn't right. And yeah, that's that's kind of that. Um, yeah, well, they'll they'll have. Uh, I think they signed Brett Maher. We'll see him in camp today, um, and see how he does. But I, I mean, you know, like you said, it's just it's kind of been one thing after another for this team right now. And um, yeah, Will Lutz has been very, very, very important to this team's success, and kind of especially in in the early portions of the season. You know, the Saints are like kind of that notorious slow starting team right. and even in the last couple of years when they've been winning games it's 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 like they, will lutz has kicked like four game winners in, in the first four weeks of the last year. you know it seems like that's all that's that's his time to shine um and yeah i just i'd, I'd hate to imagine the the feeling in sean payton's gut if uh yeah they're trailing the packers 28 to 30 uh with four seconds left and he's trotting the guy out there who's, who's you know kicking like his his first field goal in, in the mm-hmm. superdome um <laughs> Uh, yeah, first NFL field goal attempt in years. Uh, yeah, I just uh, it's you know, Will Lutz is, a, is a, like an important player. Uh, yeah, I, I, I think missing him for eight weeks has really hurt the team big time. Um, and I, I just it's it's been it's been a it's been a rough go of it. Uh, no question. For the Saints. All right, yeah. I've kept you for a while, Luke. It's always fun chatting. I um, I, I got, I want to. I guess I'll, I'll last Saints question. I'll try to combine it all into one because we haven't talked about the quarterbacks. I know that's been the big story in camp. Taysom, Jameis. I guess my final question is: um, Do you think either guy has a leg up? And then who do you think starts? this Saturday's game and and what's the approach with quarterback this preseason because typically I mean a team's not going to play a starting quarterback a ton and yet you've got a a you know reportedly a battle to see who starts you kind of need them to play um what what do you think they do this Saturday at Baltimore with those two guys and and do you think one guy stood out a little more than the other thus far in your mind covering camp and being out there so I think if if I were to like handicap this right now, I'd probably say Jameis has a slight lead. I think um, his good days have been better than Taysom's, um, and I think he's probably been a little bit more consistent than Taysom has. Uh, but I think it's uh, I think it's a credit to Taysom Hill that um, that a lot of people were were kind of writing him off or saying you know this is going to be a competition in name only and. Um, and Jameis was going to be the clear winner, yada, yada, yada. Taysom came here ready to play. Uh, and he 
he changed his body. Uh, you know, like he, he looks much improved, uh, from last year. Um, I think that's, I think it's really a credit to him that he's making this a, a real competition. Um, but I, I think Jameis has probably come on a little bit stronger in the last few days. Um, but still, it's still very, very much too close to call in my opinion. Um, yeah, they've had 10 training, training camp practices. Each of them has been with the first team five times. Um, if I had to guess who's going to start um, Saturday's game, I'd probably say Taysom because uh, he was he was the first one to get a to get a start and or yeah, go with the first team in, in training camp. Um, and then I guarantee the next game they'll have a different starter in there, whether it's it's Jameis or Taysom starting this one. Uh, and then by the time the third game rolls around, I think we'll start having a, a more clear idea of which direction they're going to go. Um, but the Saints have um, they've actually done what they said they were going to do, and, and they're they're letting these guys compete, and they're making it open and, and legitimate. And uh, and I think it's it's actually been really good for the team uh, to to show them that whoever is going to end up being their starting quarterback had to earn it. Uh, and uh, yeah. I, I think that's uh, I think that's a good point. Luke Johnson has been our guest at by Luke Johnson on Twitter. He covers the Saints on the beat for the Nolan's Advocate slash Times Picayune. Check out his stuff at nola.com. Got to say thank you for recommending Patriot to me when we chatted um, several months back. Um, I really disappointed that they didn't renew for a season three because that was tremendous television over on Amazon Prime. I didn't I didn't know much about it. I saw like. You know, I would see it on Prime, and it was called Patriot, and the trailer, it's kind of misleading. You really don't know what you're getting into. So you recommended it to me, but I was still just taken aback an episode or two in. I'm like, okay, now I think I, I kind of get, you know, the style of this show. But, um, man, I mean, it's almost like kind of like a Wes Anderson, let's smash it up with a little, like, spy espionage, but it's more about the characters than anything else. I loved it, man. It was tremendous. Yeah, it's it's really incredible. I, I think it, the the first season of that show might be my favorite season of TV ever. Linkman, uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's so good. Yeah, I I, I kind of actually want to go back and watch it now. Now that you brought it up, pretty good uh, because I know they're not they're not doing a season three. I thought season two was pretty good, but um, yeah, I, I would highly recommend all of your uh, all of your listeners to go watch Patriot right now. Uh, Fantastic they, show. They never actually like like canceled it. They just said they couldn't renew it. And now the leads, he's in other shows, and it's it's just it's been a while. But you know, well, how you doing, John? There, Pretty good. Like if anyone's that, uh, seen yeah, it, they yeah. they they're laughing right now. But if you haven't, it just sounds like nothing, you know. But <laughs> well, there there was that that thing that came out this off season when uh, the the eagle the new Eagles coach was like testing guys competitiveness uh you know when he's doing the pre-draft interviews by doing uh, rock paper scissors oh man <laughs> and like the only thing i could think back that back scene. to was the, was the <laughs> minute and a half long scene where they're where they're playing rock paper scissors and then he lost like, on purpose your, your because she started catching radio. on your, to your him. listeners are like what this is it's no. funny with them playing rock paper scissors <clears throat> you have to go watch it it's, it's, no, it's incredible it's, it's not trouble radio it's awesome radio <laughs> but yeah, like it just—I was just blown away by how long they went, and then he—he he loses on purpose because she's starting to catch on that. Like, wait a minute, like you, how you must be—I don't know. I, again, yeah, maybe you're right. Maybe this is bad radio. But Linkman, Leslie, um, I'd love to talk to you about some other shows, but I gotta let you run, man. I've kept you way too long. 
all the best to uh, to you and the Mrs. I appreciate you taking the time as always, man. Reading your stuff as always do. Recommend it to everyone out there. Luke Johnson, NOLA.com, covering the Saints on the beat. It will be a uh, interesting season. I'll use that word. And I'm um, looking forward to reading more of your stuff. And let's chat again maybe when the season gets underway. And, um, you know, I'm sure that, that some of these questions we ask will be answered, but there will probably be a handful more by the time we chat next time. For sure. That sounds good, Scott. We'll talk to you soon, man. All right. Always appreciate it, Luke. All the best, brother. Yep. Send you. That is Luke Johnson.